You're listening to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast, recorded in Cisco, Texas. For more information, please visit hallelujah.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, we've had some wonderful times here at this Feast of uh, Unleavened Bread. The meals have been great. The fellowship has been good. The messages have been excellent. Have you heard some of the things that have been set up here? They're really excellent. I talked with Glad Wilkes after he got his message done the other day outside in the lobby, and I told him, I said, Glad, if it had been me, I wouldn't have ran barefoot. I'd have ran with the one shoe on. That way, when everybody stopped you and said, hey, do you know you, you lost the shoe? You could have said, uh, no, actually, I found one. And uh, that would have made them, made them stop and think. But uh, we have had some excellent messages. Uh, that message that we had yesterday with Brother Keith was a very, very powerful message. And I got to thinking, you know, what, what, what am I going to be able to say to, to uh, keep that, that level up? So I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I remembered many, many years ago, I gave a message up in Hope, Michigan, in Elder Sam Graham's assembly during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And I thought that would be a good message to give because I think that would give power to what Keith said. I'm going to begin by asking a question. Do you realize how blessed you are? I mean, really. Have you ever stopped to think about it, how blessed you are? Especially at this time of the year. You know what this time of the year is? This time of the year is renewing time, renewal time. Everything's starting anew. Everything has come back to life. There's new flowers coming up. The grass is coming in. The leaves on the trees are starting to come out. Brand new life starting all over again. And we all have the opportunity to do the very same thing. Every year, Yahweh gives us the opportunity to start all over brand new. Every year we have that opportunity. Now we partook of the Passover the other night, and now we're in the week of unleavened bread. And this is the time we know when we go through our house and we gather all the things that got leavening in them, and we throw it away. We go through all the cupboards. We go through the refrigerator. We find everything, and we get rid of it. But that's just, that's just really nothing. You see, because the leavening that has to be taken out of the house is this house. This is where the leavening has to be taken out of. This is the important house. You you, you can take this time and you can dig down deep and you can look and see, do you have any, any leavening anywhere in any little corner, any little crook? Get rid of it. Get rid of it. So I think what I'm going to say today might complement what Keith said yesterday. I've been the kind of person that have never really ever kept a grudge. I've never believed in it. Uh, don't get me wrong. If we may have crossed paths way back then when I was younger, I might have stood toe-to-toe with you, and uh, you wouldn't have had to wonder what I was thinking because I was going to tell you in no uncertain terms, and I might dig into my police vocabulary and use some colorful language in doing it. But the next day, it was over with. It was done. I'd forgotten about it. I started all over again. And people that 
keep grudges, have this down inside of them. They're upset at something or somebody, and it just eats away at them. And every time they might see that person, it, get, it gets them upset. And they start churning inside. And they get all uptight and tense. And that character, he don't know what's going on. He's just bobbing along, whistling a tune. He's just having a ball. And you're suffering. How silly that is. How silly. And yet, it happens. It happens. But we have that opportunity right now, this, at this time of the year, we have the opportunity to get rid of all of that and to start over again. What is that that Yahshua uh, said? Uh, how can you take the splinter out of your brother's eye when you have a log in your own eye? Let's work on ourselves first. Don't worry about the other guy. I, ha- I-, I got a new Bible that I've been using. My old Bible, after 40, over 40 years of flipping pages and underlining and highlighting and writing in the margin, it, uh, it's about giving out. I've had it rebound three different times. And it's, it's, it's due for another one because it's falling apart. So I decided I would just, maybe I would just retire it. And uh, I've been using this new Bible. And in this Bible here, uh, it has headings over things that uh, when it's going to talk about a subject it has a heading over it what I'm going to talk about today is one of the parables one of my favorites everything in the Bible is one of my favorites the Psalms uh, uh, scripture uh, you know everything is I can't have a favorite because it's all my favorites and this psalm is one of my favorites but if I was to name this psalm or this parable, I wouldn't call it what they have titled here. Because here in this Bible it says, the parable of the prodigal son. If I had the opportunity to name it, I would call it the parable of the loving father. There is a passage in this parable that just excites me like I've never been excited before, and it just... It just gets me all, all excited. When, when I get to it, I'm going to point it out to you, and I'll tell you about it when I get there. But I think, I think it might, might shake you up, too, a little bit. Now, everybody's heard other people talk about this parable. A lot of people mention it in their messages. You've probably read it once, twice, maybe three times. I don't know. But have you just read it? Or have you looked at it and seen what it says? What does it have to say? Because this, this, this parable has five distinct messages within it. Five messages. Of course, we all know it's, uh, it uh, uh, talks about this certain man who had two sons. And a younger son and an older son. Now, the younger son came to his father, and he said, Father, I want my inheritance. I'd like my inheritance now. There's a big world out there, and I haven't seen any of it, and I want to go out there, and I want to see that world. I want to enjoy life a little bit. Been stuck here on this farm, and all we've been doing is working. I haven't had an opportunity to go out and see anything. I'd like to go out into the world. Can I have my inheritance now? 
So the father said, yeah, I'll give you your inheritance now. I'll give you your portion. And so the father divided up the portion and gave the younger son his portion. And not too many days after that, the young son gathered all together, all of his possessions, and took off in a journey into the far country, going out and enjoying the world, going to see what's out there for me. Well, it didn't take too long before he had wasted all of his substance with riotous living. The NIV says he squandered it on wild living. He was out there and he lost everything. He lost his money, his friends, his self-esteem, his self-worth. He lost everything. You see, when it comes to his friends, when you're out there in the world and you got money, you got friends. But when the money runs out, the friends run out. And when he had spent all, he arose, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to want. Well, there he was, all by himself now. Nobody around him, no family, no friends, no money, no way to do anything or go anywhere or buy anything. He's all by himself. He got his taste of being out into the world and seeing what it was like. So he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the field to feed his swine. Didn't take too long where he ended up in a pig pen. And he would have fainted, have filled, but he filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no one gave him mind to anything. Lesson number one. Yahweh says, be in the world, but not of the world. We have to be in the world. We have to go to work, go to school, go buy groceries, go buy clothes. Be in the world, but not of the world. That world is cruel. Have you ever, ever heard anybody say, boy, they, 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 I've been out there and it didn't work. That's not fair. Nobody ever said that life was fair. You have to work for everything you get. And if you don't have Yahweh on your side, you're going to have a problem. Lesson number one, be in the world but not of the world. Well, when he came to himself, he said, how many servants that my father has and they have enough bread to spare. And I'm about to die with, from hunger. So he finally woke up. He finally realized, look, there's a better way to do this. When I was with my father, my, the servants lived better than I'm living. He had to come up with a plan. And so he thought about this plan. And this plan had a couple steps in it. First of all, I'll go to my father. I'm going to get up and I'm actually going to do something. I'm going to go back. And I'm going to talk to my father. And I'm going to say to my father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. 
Step number one, you got to go back. You got to go back and face it. And that's what he did. And he said, I am no more worthy to be called your son. Just make me a, one of your servants. Number two, he confronted his problem and he confessed his sin. And he humbled himself. Number three. So he worked his plan out, thought about it out, and so he took off. Back to, my, back to the father's house. And he arose and came to his father. But, and this is, that, this is that passage I was telling you about. But, when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. How did his father see him? Why did his father see him? Where was his father at that he saw him away far off? Was his father out looking for him? Wanting him to come back? Is that what Yahweh does with us when we go astray? When we backslide and we trip and fall? Is Yahweh there with arms open saying, I'm ready, I'm waiting, come back. But when he was a, yet a great way off, his father saw him. That just gives me chills just to think that every time I goof up, I can see Yahweh up there saying, come back, come back. Repent and come back to me. And his father seeing him afar off, and he had compassion on him. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You know, we got a lot of fruit inspectors in the different assemblies around the world. A lot of fruit inspectors. You know, the scripture says, by their fruits they shall be known. And we got people that run around checking the fruit. And they'll tell you whether your fruit's any good or not. But this father had compassion. He didn't wait for the son to come back to tell him everything that he'd done wrong and what a screwball he was and how he wasted all that money and how he... No. He had compassion on him. And he ran to him and fell on his neck and kissed him. I don't know about you, but I can see Yahweh doing exactly that same thing. You know, it, Scripture says that heaven has more delight in one repentant sinner than a thousand righteous. And I can see Yahweh doing that. And the, said, the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight am I no longer worthy to be called thy son. Now he's carrying out the plan that he had planned ahead of time. Here's what I'm going to do going to go back. I'm going to tell my father how I'm sorry. I'm going to tell him that I sinned. I'm going to own up to it. And I'm going to tell him I, I'm not worthy to be his son anymore. So he carried out the plan that he had figured out. He knew exactly what he was going to say because he knew ahead of time he had planned it out. But the father said to the servant, bring forth, and, and that's bring the, the, the 
Greek word there is daku, and it means immediately. Immediately bring the best robe and put it on him. Immediately. You see, if you want to be forgiven, you have to ask. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Ask and it will be given to you. But you have to ask. You have to ask. And every time you, you, you humble yourself and you go to Yahweh and ask for forgiveness because of how you messed up, he's going to forgive you. He's going to forgive you. He's going to have compassion on you. And he's going to kiss your neck because he's so happy to have you back. As the father said, quickly put the best robe on him and put a ring on his, on his hand and shoes on his feet. You see, the ring, the signet ring of the family and the shoes, the, the, the servants were barefoot. The robe and the ring and the, and the shoes uh, uh, are, are a uh, thing of, 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 of a free person. Not a slave, not a, not a servant, but a free man. And the father had every one of these things ready for his son. Had everything ready for his son. He didn't, he didn't have to... He didn't have to go through a period of repentance. Well, okay, we're going to lock you up here in the shed and I'm going to come back every few days and I'm going to check on you to see how you're doing. And if your fruit's worthy, well, then we'll, you know, we'll consider it. No, he didn't do that. He put a robe on him, put a ring on his finger and put shoes on his feet. And then he said... Bring hither the fatted calf. We'll kill it and let us eat and be merry. So, so far we've got uh, a couple messages. First of all, you got to be able to come back. You got to be able to repent. You got to be able to ask for forgiveness. You got to be willing to be humble. Now we're Bring the fatted calf in. We'll kill the fatted calf. And we'll make merry. He was happy that his son came back to him. Verse 24 says, For this my son was dead and is now alive again. And he was lost and now is found again. And they began to be happy and make merry. And we're the same way. When we go astray, when we make mistakes, when we goof up, we lose that contact with Yahweh because he can't stand sin. And we lose that contact with him. But if we bend our knees and ask in prayer seriously to be forgiven, he'll forgive us. He'll kill the fatted calf. We'll make merry. He'll be happy that we came back again. Now verse 24, we have another situation that arises. Or, sorry, verse 25. And now the eldest son, who was out in the field, came close to the house and heard all this music and all this dancing. And he called one of the servants over and he said, What's going on? What's all the merriment for? The servant said to him, 
your brother came back. And your father's real happy about it. And they killed a fatted calf because he received him and he's home safe and sound. Now, when the brother heard that, he was just overwhelmed with joy, wasn't he? He was happy as can be that his brother was back home and he was safe and sound. Wait a minute. It says, and he was angry. He was angry. He was angry that his brother came back home safe and sound. That's, that's a lesson in itself, isn't it? Instead of being happy that his brother is safe now, he's angry. And he wouldn't even go into the house. And the father came out to get him. But he wouldn't go in. And he said to his father, all these years, all these many years I have served you. I've never transgressed at any time. I never went against any of your commands. And yet you never even gave me a little goat to make merry with my friends. A little bit of that green-eyed monster they called jealousy coming out there. I think so. Instead of being happy that his brother was safe, he was angry and he was jealous. Instead of going in and joining in the festivities and welcoming his brother back, he wouldn't have anything to do with it. And you can tell his attitude and intent by the next thing he says. But as soon as your son came back, whoa, your son, not my brother, as soon as your son came back, which went out and lived high on the hog with all the harlots, you'd kill for him the fatted calf. Wouldn't even call him his brother. And that son of yours, that son of yours comes back, one that ran away and spent all of his fortune and did all this wrong stuff, you, you, you kill the fatted calf for him and you make merry. And the father said to him, Son, you've been with me always. And all that I have now is yours. You see, that's the problem right there. That boy thought that his inheritance was going to get taken away from him or split up again to give to that brother that ran off. So we have jealousy and we have a little bit of greed too. But the father said, hey, I know you've been with me all this time and you've worked hard. Everything that I have is yours. Why do you feel like this about your brother? It was meant that we should be merry and glad for your brother was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. You should be happy. You should be happy like I am. Our family's back together again. Have you ever had someone in the family, whether either your immediate family or either, or even the family of Yahweh, that see, see someone leave the family 
you feel bad about it and you wish they'd come back and you don't understand how they could harbor that, oh, I hate to use the word hate, but all that time. Forgive, forget. I, 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 it brings to mind that scripture, uh, judge not lest ye be judged, for as you measure out judgment, it will be judged back unto you. Yeah. I mean, even, even the woman that was caught in adultery, Yahshua said, whoever out there is without sin, you, you throw the first rock. And when they all left, he told the woman, Where, where's all your accusers? They're gone. I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. Forgiveness. That's what it's about. Love and forgiveness. Have you ever forgiven someone something and had another person get mad at you because you did? Oh yes, I've had that happen. How could you forget him? That no good so-and-so and so, I'd fry in Hades before I'd forgive him. Much as Yahweh loves you, he loves them too. So be careful how you judge. Don't be like that older son. My goodness, don't be upset when your brother comes back. Be happy that he's all right, that he's well. We have an opportunity right now, right during this feast. We have an opportunity get rid of all the leavening we have in us in this house get rid of everything all them little crumbs that are down there hiding in the corner that we may have even forgotten about and Yahweh will Yahweh will welcome you back you know I know when I stand before my creator I'm going to catch all kinds of holy hell for all some of the dumb stuff that I've done, some of the stuff that I've forgotten to ask forgiveness for, some of the stuff that I was ashamed to ask forgiveness for. But when I meet Yahweh and he chews me out and he chews me out good, I'm hoping at the end he's gonna say, but you've asked for forgiveness and you're sincere and I will forgive you. Come on in here with me. That's the ultimate goal. That's where we want to go. That's where we want to be. So you can uh, use this feast to start a brand new life. Just like the flowers and the grass and the leaves on the tree all start brand new right now. They all got a brand new life to start. You can have that same life. You can have that brand new renewal. And Yahweh gives us that opportunity every year because he knows we're human. We mess up constantly. Someone ever had a, a bug in my house where they recorded everything. They think I was crazy. I talk to Yahweh all the time. I talk to him even when I'm in the bathroom. But I know I need to because I'm constantly goofing up somewhere. I, I just, just automatic with me. But I know that he knows I'm sorry and I'm serious. He knows that I love him. 
and I go to him constantly and ask for forgiveness. Sometimes I wonder if I by myself am not wearing out Yahshua's blood. But ask and you shall receive, and I ask him daily, many times a day, and I look for this time of the year to come so that I know that I have an opportunity to sit down and talk to myself and say, Pete, and go through all that I've done, all that I'm sorry for, and all that I shouldn't have done, and ask for forgiveness, and he will forgive me. And, and it's just, just, like, just like being born again. You go out and you have brand new life. Of course, it don't take long before you mess up again, but the opportunity is there, and it's there for us. And we can have that opportunity, and we can take that opportunity. All we have to do is ask for it. Ask, and you shall receive. Let's go before Yahweh in prayer. Gracious Father in heaven, almighty Yahweh. Father, thank you for this opportunity to sit here before your family, your children, and to be able to share these words with them out of your book. And I pray that there might have been some little thing that I would have said that they can carry with them as they leave that will work in their life and make their life just a little bit better. Father, I thank you for this family. I thank you for this place that we have to come and worship. And I thank you, Father, for all the family that's here to worship with me. And I ask, Father Yahweh, that you keep your protective hedge around all of them as we go through the rest of this feast. We still have the rest of today and tomorrow. And Father, I thank you for this feast. It's been a blessed time. And the weather has been beautiful. I thank you for that. We only had one day of rain. And Father Yahweh, I hope we all take the time, the time that you have given us during this Feast of Unleavened Bread to be able to examine ourselves, find all the things that we have inside of us that shouldn't be there and that we can get rid of. Forgiveness has a big price tag on it for us because it costs us our pride. And that's all it is. It's our pride that keeps us from forgiving and loving. So Father, please take that away from us. We know that pride to use like a plug nickel is not worth it, not worth anything. But humility is. And we humble ourselves now, Father Yahweh, in gratitude for all you've done for us. We thank you so much for everything. Most of all for your son, our savior, Yahshua our soon coming King. For without him, we wouldn't even have the right to approach you. But because Yahshua died for us, and he said, no greater love has any man than he laid down his life for his friends. And we are his friends. And he died for us. And he shed his blood that we would have the opportunity and the right to go before Yahweh's throne and ask the things that we need. And he said, ask anything in my name, in which we do, because we always ask in the name of Yahshua. 
And thank you, Father. Thank you for that gift. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the feast. Thank you for all these brethren. Thank you for our health. And thank you for being there for us. Always being there. And we ask this prayer in the name of your Son, our blessed Savior, Yahshua. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.